0: Everyone, uh, welcome to 10:30 Church. Glad you could join us. Uh, before I start, I just wanted to give you a small Sue update. Sue finished five weeks of radiotherapy on Friday, so that's a little yoo-hoo moment for us. Uh, it does in the next uh, couple of months. It's about her getting her strength back. There's a few other small bits and pieces. But thank you for your prayers and your support of us uh, through this time. Let me pray. Dear God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you that you show us what wisdom looks like living in your world, your way. We thank you for the proverbs that they challenge us in all parts of our life. And we pray this morning that you will help us think more deeply about self-control as it's expressed in gossip, as as it's expressed in anger. We pray that you may help us leave here ready to honor you and keep control with the help of your spirit, that we may live lives to your honor and glory. Amen. Uh, I was remembering in the last couple of weeks that in the first lockdown uh, in 2020, I set myself a reading challenge uh, in the book of Proverbs especially from about chapter 10 to about chapter 29, it's a whole series of couplets. And sometimes it can be a little bit overwhelming coming to them and seeing all their themes. I uh, read very slowly and categorized them all as I went and came up with about 27 or 28 topics. Uh, I've picked one of those topics this morning, one because it's a topic we ought to think about, self-control but also as an opportunity for us to see how that part of Proverbs works in encouraging us to live lives that honor God. Uh, Let me throw you a topic, uh, a proverb about self-control, Proverbs 25, 28. Like a city whose walls are broken down is a man who lacks self-control. Now as we think about how we read them and apply them to ourselves. I found it helpful one day, someone described them as uh, clues to cryptic crosswords. Now, if you're a cryptic crossword person, that'll click and help you see it. that in each couplet, there are two parts that rub up against each other to provoke us to think about what does it mean for us to be godly? Here's one, like a city whose walls are broken down is a person who lacks self-control. Uh, one of my favourite archaeological sites that I've visited is Masada in Israel. It's, a, uh, it's an old fortress. Uh, I like it because it's a fun place to go to for the action backpacker. I worked, walked from the bottom to the top to catch sunrise on the top. It's got great uh, a historical backstory. In 37 BC, King Herod, who was a great builder, built it for no particular reason than to say, this is mine. It's out in the middle of nowhere and of no real military strategic value, but he built it with running water in a place that was arid. Uh, in the 70s AD, a group of Jewish Celts overran it and the Roman contingent that had looked after it and uh, overtook the, 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 the fortress. Uh, in 72 AD, the Roman governor uh, took 15,000 Roman soldiers and besieged it. Uh, and uh, there's a the next picture is a picture. That's actually the remains of the, uh, the, the ramp that they built. They could have left them alone and ignored them, but it was Rome. And here were people thumbing their thumbs noses at Rome. And so when they finally got to the top, uh, there was no one left. They'd all committed suicide. And there's all kind of archaeological debates going along around that space. How would you have felt bunkered down with that wall broken by the Roman troops? Why am I talking about this? Because it fills out the picture of Proverbs twenty five twenty eight, Like a city whose walls have been broken down, is a person who lacks self-control. So I want to talk to you this morning about self-control from the Proverbs. Uh, As we read the Proverbs as Christians, we're looking back at them through the lens of Jesus. And it's worth noticing that self-control is for the wise, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. It's a character trait to be grown and developed in each one of us. Uh, As we had our first Bible reading from Titus, you'll notice that Paul writes to Titus about order in the church family. And again and again, we hear self-control. Teach the older men to be self-controlled. Likewise, teach the older women not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can urge the younger women to Be self-controlled so that no one will malign the word of God. Encourage the young men to be self-controlled in everything. Set them an example by doing what is good. I want you to notice at the start, self-control is for everyone. It's for the older men and the older women in our church family. By your life, you're to set a good example to the younger It's for the younger women and the younger men as you practice self-control in your life. Now, whichever category you're in, and I'll let you choose, older, younger, (laughs) self-control is for you. Self-control is for all of us who want to live wisely in God's world. So as we read Proverbs as Christians, Uh, This morning I want to have a look what does it mean for us to have self-control and I want to suggest to you it's a more subtle topic than we first think. So let me give you a bible definition self-control is the ability to control one's emotions behavior and desires in order to honor God with your life. Self-control is the ability to control one's emotions behaviour and desires in order to honour God with your life. It's the ability to say no to things that aren't pleasing to God, thoughts, words and deeds. It's the ability to choose what gives God the glory in the things that I think and the things that I say and the things that I do. Uh, It's worth saying at this point that self-control is not about suppressing your emotions, but rather expressing your emotions in appropriate ways. Uh, the Proverbs have a lot to say about emotions. The word heart, the seed of our emotions is mentioned at least 80 times across the, uh, uh, the Proverbs. And so here's an opportunity for us to see that self-control is the ability to control our emotions and our behaviors in a way that honors the risen Lord Jesus. Uh, One one writer on self-control I found helpful said, a lack of self-control is like a weed that needs to be pulled out of our life. And and he went a little bit further showing the nuance of the topic. Uh, The weed is the habit of choosing continually something bad or harmful or choosing a lesser good over a greater good. Everyday life is full of opportunities to exercise self-control. Self-control in the Bible sense is making choices that honour God with what you think, with what you say, and with what you do. So I thought I'd apply it to my own life in this last week. Self-control Chooses to get up at a good time for work and activity. Uh, Andrew's on holidays, Tamar's on holidays, Josh is on paternity leave. I ran amuck in Water Street this week. There was no one saying, what are you doing? Self-control turns off the cricket. I was thankful to the Lord for rain. He helped me be able to turn off the cricket faster last night. Self-control chooses the Bible over Facebook self-control things carefully before posting on TikTok. Apparently that's one of Matt's weaknesses. I don't know, you'd have to talk to him about that. Self-control chooses prayer over Instagram. Self-control doesn't eat too much. Self-control doesn't get angry with that difficult email. Self-control doesn't react to being mocked for doing the right thing. Self-control doesn't chat back. Self-control stops working at the end of the day so you can be useful for your family. Self-control doesn't binge more than one episode. Self-control goes to bed at sensible times. I'm just talking about myself, I don't know about the rest of you. (laughs) It's a practical thing, isn't it? Self-control says no to greater evils and self-control says no to lesser goods. And the Proverbs in their couplets poke us and goad us uh, into thinking Uh, What parts of my life do I need to get under control in order to honour the risen Lord Jesus? And the Proverbs uh, work their way on us in couplets. Getting up is better than sleeping in. Working is better than waiting. Spending time with your family is better than overworking. Doing what's right is better than following the crowd. Watching one episode is better than binging. Going to bed early is better than staying up. Self-control chooses the greater goods. So it teaches us to pray, Lord, give me self-control for everyday life. And through the Proverbs, we can see the general uh, idea of self-control is applied to very particular behaviours. The wise person lives life honouring God and exercising self-control. The foolish person lives life ignoring God's patterns and living out of control. Now, I want to take you one step further in two parts. This is the first part. I want to help you hear what the Proverbs teach about self-control and anger. Let me give you an example, Proverb 29, 11. The fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. We can see how the couplets provoke us to apply those words to our own situation. And uh, I want to give you a small chance to do that together. I'm going to put up four uh, 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 Proverbs. Let me read them out for you. Then in your twos and threes where you're sitting, I want you to stop and think, how are the Proverbs encouraging us to exercise self-control in the area of anger? Let me read them out for you first. Uh, Proverbs 26, 21. As charcoal to embers, and as wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome person for kindling strife. 2911, fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. 922, an angry person stirs up conflict. A hot-tempered person commits many sins. 3033, my personal favourite. For as churning cream produces butter, as twisting the nose produces blood, so stirring up anger produces strife. Now what I want to do is give you an opportunity just to discuss how do the Proverbs stir us to exercise self-control over anger. I'm going to give you just a couple of minutes to have a conversation about that. Eh? Some of you are gonna say to me, we've just got started. And some of you are gonna say to me, it's been hours, finally. (laughs) Uh, You'll notice how each proverb has two parts and the two parts bounce off each other to provoke us to thinking about this particular thing. The wise person keeps their anger under control and seeks peace and not conflict. The wise person exercises self-control over the anger that emerges. Now the personal question for me to ask you, what are your triggers? What are the things that trigger anger in you? And it's going to be different from ages and stages and moments in life. If I ask myself the question, what triggered my anger this week, my answer to you would be Centrelink. (laughs) And uh, I've had a long history of wrestles with Centrelink. Shamefully, in my past, I've brought a Centrelink person to tears as I question their competence. You'll be glad to know I've matured and grown. I had to go this week to Centrelink, and it kind of triggers in me, oh, what's going to happen now, for my mother-in-law to help her. Centrelink Affairs made some changes for that. Uh, Centrelink actually admitted to me this week that they made a mistake, and all my stuff was sitting there, but it hadn't been processed. And I thought, yes, Gavin won, Centrelink nil. Uh, Now, that's a comic example, but it's small things that trigger us, isn't it, to make us go ah? The Proverbs goad us into seeing the wise person seeks peace and doesn't fuel anger. Now, there's a whole lot more we could say about that particular topic. What's the area that triggers you in this present moment? What's the area that you need to say, Lord, have mercy on me, that I might exercise self-control in this part of my life. Uh, Let me pray, dear God, grant us self-control in everyday life that we may honor Jesus. Grant us uh, the capacity to control our anger and express it positively. Help us to be wise and not foolish. Amen. In Proverbs, there are proverbs about self-control in a general way. And then there are proverbs that apply self-control to different parts of our life. And uh, there's lots of different categories. Let me throw one more general proverb at you. Proverbs 16.32, better a patient person than a warrior, one with self-control, than one who takes a city. It's worth thinking about it, isn't it, as we feel the cryptic crosswords, the two parts come together to challenge us. In biblical thinking, self-control is of more value than being a warrior. And the thing that struck me about that, uh, the proverbs are written about 3,000 years ago, in the days when the warriors ruled the world. Biblical wisdom says, it's better to be patient. It's better to exercise self-control than to be a great warrior who takes a city. Now, as we see how self-control is applied to particular parts of our life, Uh, The Proverbs really address all sorts of states of life that we find ourselves in. It addresses our relationships with money and with people, our anger, our speech, our response to politics and business, our family relationships, our work, our attitudes to sex and drinking and money. And the couplets work like uh, pairs to goad us into thinking about what godly uh, living looks like and to put that into action. Uh, Self-control in everyday life is a good thing, to be greatly valued even more than a warrior and his capacity to to win battles. And I wanna take our next example of self-control in the area of gossip. There's lots and lots of proverbs that speak about the tongue. I especially wanna hone in on uh, proverbs about gossip. Uh, Let me put four up for you. And again, I'll give you a chance to discuss these in just a moment. Proverbs 11.13. A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. 16.28. A perverse person stirs up dissension, and a gossip separates close friends. 2019, a gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid a person who talks too much. Proverbs 26:20. 20. without wood, a fire goes out. Without gossip, a quarrel dies down. Now, I want to give you an opportunity back in your twos and threes, as you were discussing uh, earlier. How do the proverbs challenge us to self-control in the area of gossip? Go for it. Hmm? Someone just getting on, sorry. Someone who's glad that I'm back. Uh, We can see how the couplets work like cryptic crossword clues. And the one part of the uh, couplet combines with the other part to challenge us. And uh, the proverbs about self-control and gossip are really showing us that the wise person exercises self-control over our lips and our words. Self-control applied to gossip keeps gossip out of arguments. Uh, It's worth thinking a little bit more deeply and practically. What is gossip? I hear that word a lot. I wanna suggest that it's using someone else's information for your own gain or your own power or your own entertainment. Uh, It's using your words to put someone else down with their own information. And uh, in the Proverbs, Gossip is described as foolish, wicked, and evil. And yet I know in my heart the temptation towards gossip, getting that bit of information that I can share faster than anyone else. And we see how uh, uh, the Proverbs challenge us to be wise people in the way that we use our words. And I thought for us in our moment, uh, it's worth thinking about how social media has fueled the capacity. Not only can I gossip with two or three, I can gossip with five or six thousand people all at the same time. And the context of social media gives us a whole new space for us to think, what does it mean for me to be wise with my words? And careful with what I say to others and about others. I'm very thankful that I have wise children who warn me from time to time, dad, you can't post that, take it off. Oh, okay, sorry. Whatever your preferred uh, uh, social media uh, application is, there's an opportunity for us to be wise with our words, not to use someone else's information for our own gain or our own power or our own entertainment but to use our words to keep confidences, to honour close friends, not to talk too much, and not to start bigger fires with our words, all using the pictures from the Proverbs that we've read together. So here's an encouragement for us to exercise self-control in the way that we speak about others, in the way that we manage gossip and handle gossip, The godly person, the wise person, exercises self-control over our lips. Now, in all this, there's one more question that we need to ask ourselves as Christian people reading proverbs about self-control. We need to ask ourselves the question, how do these proverbs point us to Jesus? And I want to suggest two things in Jesus. First, we have the example of someone who resisted temptation and exercised self-control. I can take you to the temptation of Jesus at the beginning of his public ministry. You'll be aware that three times Satan tempts him to uh, walk away from the path that was leading him to the cross. The first temptation Satan says, use your power for yourself. Turn these stones into bread. And Jesus exercises self-control in that moment. He turns to God's word and he says, no. The second temptation, uh, Satan shows Jesus all the riches and wonders of the kingdoms of the world and says, if you worship me, I'll give them to you and you won't have to go to the cross. In that moment, Jesus exercises self-control He turns to God's word and he says, no. And the third temptation, Satan takes Jesus to the high point of the tower. That's an old picture proclaiming that and Satan says, jump off. If you really are the son of God, the Psalms tell us that the angels will catch you. In that moment, Jesus exercises self-control, turns to God's word and says, no. Now, there's a lot more we could say about that particular moment. Uh, Jesus exercises self-control. He resists temptation. He models for us for what self-control looks like. And he perfectly becomes qualified as the one who can be our mediator. He does not shirk the way of the cross. Now, the second thing that we can say is that when Jesus returns to his father after the cross and the resurrection, he sends the Holy Spirit on his people for our transformation and for our mission. And it's worth remembering that self-control is one of the fruit of the spirit described in Galatians 6. So we're not alone as we train ourselves up, exercising self-control in all these different parts of our life. God is with us, helping us by his spirit to say no. So I want to return to Paul, to Titus, our second reading. Did you notice that it said for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age. I suppose the personal question for you this morning is what parts of your life at the moment are out of control, lived outside of God's good pattern of life? The wise person uh, says no to ungodliness and yes to honouring Jesus. And uh, for each of us, There's a different range of things where we want to exercise self-control in our gossip or anger, in our frustrated parenting, in our temptations, in our use of time or social media, how we use our tongues, how we exercise drinking and eating. As we allow the Proverbs to sharpen us, we see the Proverbs are saying, the foolish person lashes out in anger. The foolish person revels in gossip and undermines trust. The foolish person drinks too much and loses control. The foolish person chooses the lesser goods over the greater goods. The foolish person is caught up in temptation. But the wise person honours God in everyday life. The wise person exercises self-control. Chooses the greater good. Keeps anger under control says no, when it's appropriate to say no. So as the Proverbs hold up the mirror to us this morning, let me encourage you to seek God's mercy in growing in self-control, in those things that trigger you in this present life. Let me finish by praying for us. Dear God, our Heavenly Father, Grant us self-control in everyday life that we might honour Jesus. Help us to honour you in the way that we control our anger. Help us to honour you in the way that we use our words. Help us to be wise and not foolish. Amen. In response to what we've heard, let's stand and sing.